Welcome to a podcast that is as blunt as it is inspiring. I'm Havila and this is Havila's podcast. And today we're diving headfirst into some tough questions about faith, warfare, the battle, all the things. If you just jumped in this month, we are tackling spiritual warfare. We're tackling what it looks like to battle, not just in our natural world, but in our spiritual world. In fact, we're going to address questions like, how do we stand against the deceit of the devil? Or what does it really mean to put on the full armor of God? We're going to explore these mysteries and more. And hopefully by the end of this journey, you'll have tools to face your doubt, uncertainty, and hopefully stand with unwavering confidence. So get ready for answers that are as sturdy as the armor we're about to put on. Let's begin. I suggest go get your walking shoes on, get your cup of coffee. Uh, let's spend some time together the next 30 minutes, really going through some of the things that we need to know, we need to be reminded of, and we need to teach our kids about. So this is important. Uh, first, I want you to know that in the battle of life, you need to armor up. And that's not just a Havila idea. That is the book of Ephesians idea. In fact, in Ephesians 6, 11, it tells us to put on the full armor of God, to put on the full armor of God, not just so we can look good, <laughs> not just so we can look powerful, but it's the only way that we can stay protected from the enemy's schemes. Now, if you are just jumping in this podcast and you're like, Havila, devil, schemes, what are we talking about? I promise last week we uncovered what that means, the theological part of the enemy, God, uh, what the battle is, and um, just kind of a spoiler alert, there's only one God, there's an angel with a God complex, complex. his name is Lucifer, goes by devil, and he, uh, he is on the earth. And we don't need to be afraid because if we belong to Jesus, then we are on the winning side, but we do have to deal with the devil. And so these are some things that will help you deal with the enemy in your life. So in order to stand against the enemy, right, in order to stand up against his schemes, it's almost like we live in this world and it's a raging storm. You know, there is a lot of storms. There's storms in other nations. There's storms culturally where we are. Um, there's storms of anxiety and depression. There's a lot coming at us. And what we're called to be is a lighthouse in the middle of this storm, to stand firm and really to be unwavering against the fierce winds and the crashing waves. That's what we're called to do. And so in order for us to stand firm against the temptations or the deceitful schemes of the devil, we have to be a lighthouse. We have to know how to stand in the midst of a storm and make sure that our light pierces through the darkness. It guides others safely to shore. And that just like our faith and our, and our trust in God, it guides us in the darkest moments. So it will really ensure us a safe place a safe path in the midst of a really intense storm. So let's talk about a few things. First, uh, the armor of God. You know, the Bible says that we are to put on the full armor of God. And, um, you know, this is not literal. Like, I wish that we were given out <laughs> armors. Like, that would be funny to go to church, go to baptism. And then the pastor's like, hey, it's going to be 200 bucks. We got your armor created for you. <laughs> like, no, that's not what we're looking at. Uh, but the the Bible in Ephesians, what the author's trying to do is remind us that 
well, to visually and mentally and spiritually to put on that armor. It's a metaphor, but it's trying to give us the reality that we've got to put it on to protect ourselves and that we're not just putting on a robe of righteousness, which we are, but we're actually need to put on an armor. We need to put things on us to protect us. There's spiritual equipment uh, to protect us so that we can stand strong in our faith, but also to resist and, and to you know, not be penetrated by the enemy and his attacks. So what it really means to put on your spiritual armor is I'm going to give you a couple ideas, um, probably like four. So the first one I want you to think about is when we put on the armor of God, we are being spiritually prepared. Like the Bible really challenges us that we need to put to be spiritually prepared. So, you know, we wouldn't go into battle forgetting our weapons, forgetting our armor. No, we would, if we were in a battle, the first thing we would do is make sure that we have our armor, we have our weaponry, uh, we have, we've been nourished, we're ready to go to war. And so what um, Paul is saying in Ephesians is like, guys, you, you can't go to war without your battle on, without your armor on and without your weaponry. And so I need you to be spiritually prepared. You need to be awake. You need to not be numb or distracted, um, but you need to be prepared for the challenges that are coming your way. I don't know about you, but I kind of believed this lie. Maybe it's like an, an inner narrative that somebody maybe unintentionally taught me, which is if I serve God, life will be easier. Like if I serve God, then, you know, I'll be protected. And yes, yes and no. yes. If you serve God, life will be easier because you don't do life alone. Life will be easier because you're on the winning side in the spiritual world. Life will be easier because you don't have to bear your own burden and you have to have your yoke of heaviness. You get to give that to him. So in relationship with him, it's easier because you now have an advocate. You have somebody that's doing it with you. Uh, but we still have to work. We still have to go to war. We still have to be engaged. And so it doesn't make it all easy. It just makes it easier. Uh, we also think, well, we'll be protected. Yes, we'll be protected, uh, but we have to do some critical things in our faith life to make sure that we are protected. And so when we face battles, it's not when, like it's an if. No, I'm sorry, excuse me. Let's, let's switch that around. My dyslexia is showing up. It's not... If we face battles, it's when we face battles. I used to be so irritated when I would face a battle, whether it was a relational battle or a ministry battle or even just a mental battle. And I would think, what is going on? Like I am, I love God. I read my Bible. I, you know, I'm, I'm saying yes to him. And now I'm in this stupid battle. What's happening? And I used to get so thrown off by that and think I was doing something wrong. And I just want to say to you as a listener, you are not doing anything wrong if you are facing a battle. You're not. In fact, this is why scripture tells us to get prepared because it's not if, it's when. And so we, it's very hard to prepare in the battle. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's hard to read the marriage book when you are in crisis. It's hard to read about, you know, parenting teens when your kid is a teen. It's like you can, you can try to speed read you know, you can try to get to the counselor's office, but we call that crisis. We don't call that preparedness. And so I think a lot of our spiritual lives, we get so distracted and think it's going to be easy that when we face a battle, we go into crisis. We're crisis, financial crisis, relational crisis, marriage crisis. And what this, what this author is telling us is like, guys, I love you, but don't be dumb. 
<laughs> don't be dumb. You're going to have battles. And so when the battle comes, instead of going into crisis or becoming a victim to that battle, what I want you to know is that you need to be prepared. And if you're not prepared, you can be prepared, which means you can go to work right now, right where you are to begin to develop a strategy to keep yourself safe. So first he's telling us to be spiritually prepared. Being spiritually prepared is, is when you get a steady day, diet of spiritual preparedness, meaning I am eating the word. I am being washed by the water of the word. I'm listening to messages that are keeping me, you know, uh, inspired and provoked. I'm listening to music that's keeping me connected to my spiritual worship and honor and glory to God. I'm being spiritually prepared by going after the lies of the enemy that I might have partnered with or generational stupid stuff that keeps us from living powerful. It's, it's, doing the work when you're not at war. That's what spiritual preparedness is. It's like doing the work when you're not at war. It's reading the marriage book before you get married. It's reading the teen book before you have teenagers. It's, it's figuring out as you, before you hit the battle, what can I do? And again, it doesn't mean the battle doesn't hurt. It doesn't feel big. It's not overwhelming. Yeah. 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 But again, at least you knew it was coming and at least you did your best, right? So the second thing is that your armor is meant to protect you. I love you as a, as a spiritual mom, like I love you, but you, you need to be protected. You need to understand that each piece of the armor is specifically provided to protect you so that you do not get wounded because wounded warriors wound other warriors and wounded warriors live a wounded life. And so like, think about it, the belt of truth it represents the importance of living a life grounded in truth, like being actually the belt of truth. It, it holds up everything. If you don't, if you're not connected to the truth, then your pants fall off. You get exposed. You, you don't have the, the strength that you need to stand strong. And so you need to be grounded in the truth, not grounded in what you think, grounded in the truth. Uh, it also talks about the breastplate of righteousness. I love this. What covers the breastplate, uh, the breastplate covers your heart. And so why do we have the breastplate of righteousness? It means that we cover our heart with righteousness. That doesn't mean holiness. That doesn't mean religion. That doesn't mean actions. It means righteousness means right standing with God. It means that I am clothed in the righteousness of Christ. I know what God thinks about me. I know that, that what, what he's done, uh, he's taken away my sin. He's taken away my shame. He's taken away my blame. And now I get to stand in the righteousness of Christ. I'm right. I'm at the right place with him and I'm at right standing with him. So what the author is saying is you need to protect that because the enemy wants you to think that you are not at right standing with Christ, that you are, you know, you are a sinner. You're not a saint. He wants you to think that you are still fighting for holiness and you are holy because you now, the Bible says the Holy Spirit lives in you and you're a new creation. You're a new person. You have a new mind, a new heart. And so it's not, you know, the enemy, he tries to, it's not that he, he keeps us from becoming. He lies to us that we haven't become. Does that make sense? So he tells us you're not right standing with God. You're full of shame. You should be ashamed of yourself. You are not who you're supposed to be, all the things. And he knows that if we keep our heart pure and we keep our heart at the place of knowing we are right with God, man, that's powerful. 
And really what it means is, is it signifies living a righteous and moral life. What does that mean? It means that the Bible says that he convicts the sinner of sin, but he convicts the righteous of righteousness. So that means as a Christian growing up, I used to assume that if I did something wrong or I sinned or I did something selfish, that I needed to come to Christ and repent of my sins. And yes, if I've not received Christ as my savior, yes, I get to exchange all my sin, all my pain, all those things. I get to bring it to him and I get to exchange it for wholeness, peace, love, all the things that he has for me. But if I act like an idiot as a believer, this is important. Christ doesn't come to say, you stupid sinner, get it together, get righteous. No. In fact, the Bible says that he says, hey, that's not who you are. You are not that. You are holy. You are righteous. You are, you're called to a moral life. You're called to a a good and and a a pure life. Like that's who you are. And he doesn't come and say, you got to repent and get back to me. No. Now there might be moments where you have specifically chosen to dishonor, to deliberately sin, to do things that you knew I am making a deliberate choice. But if there is habits of sin and when we are aware of it, we go, oh, wait, I, that's, I don't, I don't, there was no ulterior motive. That was just a, like opposite of who I am in Christ. Then he's reminding you, Havala, that's not who you are. You're different. You're a new creation. You got a new mind. You got a new heart. And so how many of us know, like my mom used to say, this is not biblical, but you can, you can lead a horse to, um, honey. I, oh gosh, I'm going to get this wrong. Um, you can lead a bee to honey more than vinegar. I don't think that's how it's said. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, mom. I'm doing my best. Um, but here's the thing. Christ isn't trying to hurt us into holiness. He's not trying to berate us. He's not trying to humiliate us. Our sin will do that on our own. When we are righteous with him, we now need to know that, hey, you're a Cunnington now. You're a Christ follower. Your, your last name is Christ. You know, you are with me. And so act like that. That's not who we are. That's not what we do. And so instead of uh, being exiled out of the environment, you are reminded, hey, this is who we are as a community. That's what the Holy Spirit does to us. He reminds us of who we are. He says, hey, Havla, remember when you acted like that? That's not who you are. Knock it off. I love you. You are, that's not your mind. Don't partner with that lie. That's not true. That's old stuff. That's old history. That's not who you are. So why is it important that we have the armor of Christ? Because we wear that belt of truth, which holds everything together. We put on the breastplate of righteousness, which protects us from the lies of the enemy that says we're not righteous and we're not okay with God and that we should hide from God. And these elements protect ours, protect our belief, our hearts, and it protects our core beliefs from being corrupted. And then it talks about the readiness. So not only are we being spiritually prepared, not only are we being protected, but the Bible says that we are to be ready. We're to be ready. We're to be on, we're going to be on deck. Like we're about to get up to bat. So get ready. So the armor of God emphasizes readiness, just like every soldier wears armor at all times in case of unexpected attack, believers are encouraged to always be spiritually prepared. That means being ready to defend your faith and your values in the face of adversity. Be ready. It means that 
when we are a believer, we don't take a vacation from our faith. Like we had, um, we had an issue with some of our teen boys. And one of the things one of the teen boys said that wasn't my kid, but it could have easily been my kid is they had made a really dumb decision. And I said to him, you know, why did you make that decision? And he said, well, I just said, you know, it's only one night and you know, I'm, I just, I gotta be able to, like, I just thought I'd take a break from everything that I, you know, that I know I'm just going to give myself a free pass. And I thought that right there is where the enemy knows that if he can give us that free pass, you know, I'm going to give a free pass. I'm going to flirt with that person. I'm going to read that book. I'm going to disengage over here. It's like, we are not aware. And this is what I want to say to us. And I'm saying it to myself too. I have at times relaxed because life is hard, right? Like I have four kids. I have a husband that is very opposite of who I am. Um, I always said, you know, the Bible says the two shall become one. I assumed it would be me. It's difficult (laughs) to live with a real person. It's difficult to live in California. I love you guys. If you don't live in California, it is a call. Um, the economy is difficult, the, the war in different parts of the world. I mean, it's difficult, right? And so there's a part of us that just says, this is too much. I got I to gotta be done. I need time off. And there's a difference between deliberate rest, which I talked about um, this summer. I talked about a um, sabbatical and what that looks like. But it's different from a deliberate rest to a, I'm just going to give up because I'm tired. And so the armor of God is really about, I love you, but you are at war we are at war. And so this idea that I don't actually have to be ready, I can just relax. When the battle comes, a lot of us get so offended that it's so hard. And I want to say, you know, when your kids start going sideways, you go back to church. You know, when your marriage starts getting really difficult, then all of a sudden you're getting into Christian counseling. And I'm saying you got your eye off the ball. You, you have not focused on being ready. So when crisis comes, you're doing a rescue mission rather than actually being focused on how do I stay prepared? That is what leaders do. That is what people who have been in Christ for at least a couple of years. And if you've been in God for 10, 20, 30 years, this should be part of who you are. You need to be ready that when the enemy comes, you are not thrown off, but you're like, oh yeah, here we go. I remember this. I got some tools. Here we go. It means that we're ready to defend what's our faith, defend our truth, and also to value what we have been given so we're ready to face adversity. So number one, spiritual preparedness. Number two, protection. And number three, readiness. The fourth one is it's defensive and offensive. So while the army, right, while the armor provides defensive capabilities for protecting us from the attack, it also gives us the sword of the spirit, which means we're not just hiding and, you know, hoping we don't get hurt. No, it's like, Hey, we're going to protect you, but we're also going to empower you. That's what the armor is. So we have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, which is that rhema word that says, I got a word from the Holy spirit to shut this down right now. You're not going to talk like that. You're not going to pick on my family like that. You're not going to tell me that my time's up. No, absolutely not. So we're protecting, but we're also, we are on the offense. And I want you to know a lot of people in the spirit, like in faith worlds, we tend to, we tend to, um, think that, okay, as long as I'm on the defense, I'm good. And if you live on the defense, then I love you, but that's not your full faith life. 
if you are, you need both, you need to be able to defend yourself, but also attack the enemy. Here's the cool part. I don't have time to get into all of it, but when you take authority, the enemy has to leave. The Bible says it. When you make a stand against the enemy, he has to leave. And in the Greek, the picture that it really represents is like a foreigner in a foreign land that if he doesn't leave, he has to come under the authority of who is over that land. And so we need to know that when we, when we are attacking the enemy, we're not just battling it. We're telling him, you better get out of here, or I'm going to begin to put you under the authority of Jesus Christ. And he has to leave. He, he's terrified that that's going to happen. And so it really allows us to not just be um, defensive of, oh no, you know, or offensive, but it allows us to engage in spiritual warfare in both areas to be defensive and to be offensive, which is really cool. And then lastly, uh, unity. So not only are we moving towards defense, being defensive and offensive, but the fifth one is unity. The full armor of God is described as a complete set. It emphasizes the need for all of its components to work together. I can't just wear the belt of truth and I can't just wear the, the breastplate of righteousness. I can't have the helmet of salvation. I have to put them all on. It all works together to make sure that I'm, I'm well-rounded, that I am well-protected. And it really includes kind of this comprehensive faith, including truth, righteousness, faith, salvation, and how to stand against the devil's schemes effectively. So again, some of us just wear the truth, the belt, you know, the belt of truth. And we think that's enough. And I'm like, no, you need to go through it. You need to make sure you have the helmet on and the sword and the shield and the breastplate and the, you know, the belt, you need to really go through each of those and to make sure that you are ready. Um, so it's, it really, it, it helps us understand. This is why the author says it is the full armor of God is this metaphor that signifies the importance of spiritual readiness protection, and a holistic approach to your faith. It reminds you that you can engage and you are engaged in a spiritual battle and need to be equipped with the principles and virtues represented by different pieces of the armor to stand along and a strong, stand along each other, but strong in the faith and to resist the enemy's schemes. See, we have to face the enemy. We have to face him with the armor of God. Now, what I want to do is take you through, um, I want to read this to you and, um, and I want to remind you that you can do, there's a couple different cool things about the armor of God. Um, there is a study by Priscilla Schreier on the armor of God and she kills it. So if you're like, I want to go full into this, she has a study on the armor of God. Uh, but I want to read the armor of God to you, but I'm going to read it in the message version. I love the message version. Um, I understand it's a paraphrase and that you can go back in and, and read it differently, but I just, I really enjoy how, how it is said and just, you know, it's all good. So I'm reading Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. I want to finish with this. A finish to the finish, a fight to the finish. And that about wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best material and put them to use. So you'll be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no weakened war that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is, this is for keeps a death or life fight to finish against the devil and all his angels. Be prepared you're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued 
so that when it's all over, but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and your sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. So today, put on that armor of God. Uh, Take some time to really pray through that. Think through that. And I just want to pray for you as we close. Lord, I thank you for these amazing listeners who are listening to this right now. Lord, for some of us, this is stuff we've learned for many years. And for others of us, it's like we have forgotten or we've never heard this. And I ask right now that you would help us right where we are to put on the full armor of God, the full armor of God. Lord, we thank you that you did not leave us without a plan. You did not leave us without protection. And so we put on that belt of truth that we, that's tied around our waist. We put that on and we say, let truth hold everything together. Lord, uh, we put on our chest that, that, that breastplate of righteousness, the protection of living right. Lord, on our feet, we wear the good news of peace to help us stand strong. Lord, we use the shield of faith, which we can stop the burning arrows of the evil one. And Lord, we accept God's salvation as a helmet to cover our our mind, to know that we have been saved and set free. And we take that sword of the spirit, the sword, which is the word of God, the rhema word of God, and we use it in battle today. Protect us, empower us, and equip us. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Yes, in the coffee shop, on the walking trail, in the subway, amen. All right, you guys, that's it for today. Next week, I'm gonna finish this series. I got something really cool when it comes to spiritual warfare. I think you're gonna love. And um, wow, this has been an awesome series already. All right, you guys, that's it. If you like this podcast, please give us uh, some stars and a comment. I read every single review. And if nothing else, I'll see you next time.